Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and great. And welcome back. We are now in part two of our current podcast series. And just to catch you up a little bit, in the last episode, we were talking about faith, hope, and love, and how the three of these relate to each other and um, make a beautiful, one of those beautiful circles I like to talk about that the Lord has for us in his word. And what we saw is that as we rest in our Father's love for us, that that brings about hope and that the hope fulfilled through faith causes us to rest more in his love. Amen. So his love gives us hope. Hope gives faith something to work with. When we see faith produce something, right? The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we see that, then we have a greater revelation of how much our Heavenly Father loves us, and that increases our hope. And that's where we got the little circle from. But really what it comes down to, my friends, is simply resting in His love. You know, it's, it is good for our doctrine, for our, our understanding, for our growing in the Lord to understand these things. But what we really want to see, you know, if you take nothing else away, is I rest in His love, and He does the rest, right? Because faith is a gift. Did you know that? Faith is, is a gift. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 that it is a gift from the Lord. Well, of course, because where did it spring from? His love for us. <laughs> oh my goodness, my friends. Even the faith we need to believe in him to receive salvation, come on now, is given to us freely as a gift from him. Why? Because of his great love for you. Amen, my friend. Oh, our Lord is so good. We have such a good, good God. There is a reason the gospel is called the gospel. Gospel means good news. My friends, it is called three things we see in the New Testament. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which means the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is surely good news. It's called the gospel of grace and the gospel of grace and peace. So the good news of grace and the good news of grace and peace. And surely, my friends, none of us deserve salvation. That's what grace is, undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor of God. And it was that favor of God that he has bestowed on each and every one of us that we should get to receive his son's sacrifice, that his son took our place of punishment and condemnation that we deserve so that we can take his place of righteousness and blessing and favor that he deserves. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, my friends. And we even saw how that looking to how much the Lord loves us is what increases our hope. And we're going to come to John chapter 11 today, my friends, and we're going to see how uh, a sweet young girl simply rested in the Lord's love for her and how that sparked off what I consider the greatest miracle that Jesus performed while he walked on this earth. And all this precious woman did was rest and trust in his love for her. On the other hand, very subtly underneath in the meanings and the deeper layers of the scripture, we see what happens when we have no hope. Okay, so we're just going to jump in the word. Uh, Jesus, thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you are in your word. And, and we just come. We want to see you. We want to know you. And we want to know your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, my friends. John 11, verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick. Whenever the Bible says certain, there's a reason it says certain. Get ready. Right up front. It's going to kind of like knock it out and show us just how important this is. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, 
the town of Mary and her sister Martha. So Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are actually a brother and two sisters, and they all live in Bethany. Get ready for this. Do you know what Lazarus means? I remember it tells us a certain man. It wants to make sure we catch, we pick up on his name. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. Laz in the Hebrew means to despair, desperate, get ready for it, no hope. It means no hope. And who was sick, my friend? Lazarus was. And as we'll discover in a few verses, he dies. So I am not saying that if you are sick or have a physical condition, it is because of a lack of hope. But I am saying what the Bible says, that a lack of hope will lead to a physical condition as well as others, my friends, if it's not remedied. This is serious. 3 John chapter 2 tells us, beloved, listen, this is your, your father's desire for you. This is Christ's desire for you. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Say all things. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health. Say good health. Be in good health. How? Even as your soul prospers. Now listen, John is writing to people who are already believers. So their spirit is prospering. Your, your spirit's either dead or alive. Okay, there's no degrees with the spirit. You're either dead in your sin, you're a sinner, you've never received Christ as your savior, or you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says you're born again as a new creation in Christ. You're made alive. You're made a child of God. That's once and forever. That cannot change. Your soul is made up of your mind and your emotions, and that can change, right? That's why we come to the word of God, why we want to come and see Jesus. He is food for our soul. Amen. And, and we want to be constantly hearing about Jesus and, and seeing him glorified and lifted up. Why? Because then your soul will prosper. Okay. And when your soul prospers, your body prospers. When your body prospers, everything around you prospers. So we see that what's going on with our soul, my friends, does affect our bodies. Again, I'm living proof of that. Okay. The more my soul has prospered in Christ, the healthier my body has become. And listen, it's been a 15 year journey. I love sharing all the details, uh, you know, about what I've been through and what my body's come through with, with people. And sometimes, you know what, after I tell them these amazing miracle that the Lord's done, you know, 15 years ago, the doctors said I wasn't going to make it. You know, they, of course they did everything they can. Uh, they're on God's side. They, they want to heal people, but, but they had done everything they could. And, and the best answer they came up with was to pack my husband uh, and me home with a ton of painkillers and keep me comfortable and, until I go ahead and die. Okay, that, that, was, that was the reality of the situation. And 15 years later, I'm still living. I'm healthier. I'm stronger. I don't have many of those disabilities anymore. And sometimes people will actually tell me, well, you know, the body has an amazing ability to heal itself. To which I want to know who of them, right? Even if you weren't injured, are you telling me your body's stronger and healthier, healthier and younger today than it was 15 years ago? I mean, seriously, take a moment. Take a moment to think about where you were 15 years ago. And you don't have a new ache. You don't have a new pain. 
your vision's not getting worse. Your hearing's not getting worse. Okay, now this is really for unbelievers, but for believers that don't know as well that we don't have to take <laughs> the world's poison. Okay, my Bible tells me that as your days grow, so does your strength. My Bible tells me, that's in Deuteronomy and Proverbs, that the word of God is medicine to my body and health to all my flesh. My Bible tells me that as my soul prospers, my body can prosper. And the same for you, my brother and sister. We simply must believe. It's what we believe. I've spent most of my 30s unable to do things that I can now do in my 40s that I haven't done since my 20s. <laughs> Amen. Because as my soul has prospered, so has my body. As I continue just listening, my friends, there's nothing easier than listening to the word of God, right? Just listen. We have a plethora of options of ways that we can listen to men and women of God or even just get the Bible itself. And I recommend that too. A lot of times at night, I turn on my Bible app and I listen to the Bible as I fall asleep. Because guess what? It doesn't say I have to be awake, right? Uh, we do want to have times we are in the word when we're awake, but I let it do its thing when I'm asleep too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, my friends. So I, I share all that so that we can see the value in this. Amen. Amen. Well, and you're going to see a whole lot more. Okay. So Lazarus was sick and Lazarus had no hope. And coming to the word of God gives us hope, my friends. The world is hurting for a lack of hope. So much of the chaos and the crime and, and just, I don't know, insanity that we see in the world, my friends, is a lack of hope. People that have given up all hope. But we are children of God. And through us, the Lord is a beacon to the, to the world. Amen. Jesus said, we're a city set on a hill. You can't hide the light of a city set on a hill. And we're not meant to. We don't want to. Amen. I want everybody to got what I got. <laughs> As Jesus. Amen. Get your wondering. That's Jesus. So now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Listen, this is so sweet and so telling. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, I love this. It says it as if this was something that's already happened, right? It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. We're in chapter 11. This doesn't actually take place until chapter 12. So that tells me that this must be really, really important. It must have meant a lot to the Lord. There is something here he wants to make sure we don't miss. That he tells us about something that's going to happen in the next chapter in this chapter. And we don't always see that. In fact, we, I don't know if there's another time we do see that. So he's telling us that Mary is going to anoint the Lord with fragrant oil and wipe his feet with her hair. It's her brother, Lazarus, who's sick, but she hasn't actually done it yet. Therefore, the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Oh, Lord, God bless them. Did you hear what they said? You... <laughs> You want to get the Lord to move on your behalf? You want to see what he wants to do for you? You want to let all his power unleash in your life? 
Rely on his love for you. See, my friend, when we come to the Lord under his love for us, we just took the limits off. That's what these girls just did. They said, hey, Lord, the one you love is sick. Instead of coming so many times, you know, I, I know before I understood. I was like Martha. We're going to see in the story. I was a believer. I had a very small conception of who the Lord was and his love. And so like Martha, I tended more to boast in my love for the Lord. But see, my love for the Lord is, is, is always going to run out. It's never going to be enough. It's always going to fail. And therefore, it limits God. It limits what he's able to do in our life. But when we come to him and say, Lord, do for me what you want to do for me based on your love for me. Now there's no limits, right? Now there's no limits. It's not that the Lord doesn't love us all the same. It's not that he doesn't want to show up in our life because he does. It's whether or not we let him, right? If we put stipulations, it's, we're the ones that put the stipulations when we think that the Lord shows up in our life based on us, based on our love, based on our efforts, based on our works. We put so many, so many things there. You know what? Just come and say, Jesus, do for me what you want to do for me because of your love for me, because that love took him to the cross. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That love conquered death. Did you hear me? That love, his love for you conquered death. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. When he heard what they said, that they just said, you know what, Jesus, we're giving you free reign to do what you want to do for our brother based on your love. When he heard that, he says, wow, wow, this sickness isn't going to be unto death, but for the glory of God and the son of God is going to be glorified through it. Now, listen, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, what do you think he did? Because Jesus loves Lazarus and he loves Martha and he loves Mary and he hears Lazarus is sick. You know what he does? The first thing he does, this is what I'm thinking. He jumps up and he goes to him as quick as he can. Right? We're in John chapter 11. Jesus has already performed all kinds of miracles. The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, the lepers have been cleansed, they got body parts grow back. I mean, there's all kinds of miracles he's already performed. So sick, this is easy. He's up and at it. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Does that make any sense? Why? Would Jesus do that? I don't know about y'all. Do you ask questions like this when you read your Bible? Because I do. And let me tell you what, Jesus loves to answer them. <laughs> I read this one time and I said, wait a minute. It says so. Jesus loves them so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days. Why would you do that, Lord? The whole reason you stayed is because you love them. Well, he already gave us the answer so that the son of God would be glorified. And let me tell you something, my friends. Anytime the Son of God is glorified in your life, you will be blessed. It is impossible. You cannot separate the two. Jesus Christ be glorified in your life and you will be blessed. Amen. 
So this is why he says, okay, he's sick. I love them. I'm going to be glorified in their life because they just gave me free reign to love them the way I want to love them. They just gave me free reign to let it all go. So he stays two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. That's where uh, Bethany, Bethany is. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? So Jesus had left this area before because the Jews wanted to stone him. My friend, how much he loves you. Can't nothing hold him back. He loves you so very much. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now Jesus is talking about sleeps as in he fell asleep as in he's dead. But the disciples get confused and they think he's saying like he's resting because he's sick. Because they haven't received any other word. So how, do, how does Jesus know this? So then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. See what I mean? They thought he was just taking a nap. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Let me tell you why there's a confusion, my friends, because a believer never really dies. You will never see the New Testament talk about a believer dying. It's always we fall asleep. You know why? Because you fall asleep here and you wake up with Jesus. The spirit part of you, the part of you that is eternal cannot die. It's going somewhere. Okay, we've, we've kind of touched on this before, but... When God creates a spirit, it's eternal. It's forever. So that spirit has to be housed somewhere. Okay, God's plan was for man to always exist with him. And he created Adam and Eve to live in paradise where there was no death. But once Adam rebelled against God, there had to be a place for man to go if they choose to rebel and rebel and rebel and rebel against God and say, I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want you. I don't, I don't want your salvation. I see what your son did for me. I don't want him either. My friend, if you don't want to live with the Lord, there's only one place left to go, and that is hell. And it is a real place. Jesus talked about it a lot. You know why? Because he loves us and he doesn't want us to go there. In fact, hell was not actually created for man. Hell was created for the fallen angels, the ones that rebelled against God with Lucifer when they fell. They had to go somewhere too. When God creates a being, he creates a being, even knowing it might rebel against him. See, when God gives gifts, God gives gifts. He gives gifts freely. That's why he hasn't just taken this earth back because he gave it as a gift to mankind and we totally messed it up. But the great news is, spoiler alert, we've got Jesus. He's got a redemption plan and he is coming back and he's going to make everything right again. Amen. Hallelujah. So a believer never dies. A believer falls asleep and wakes up with Jesus in heaven. A sinner, someone who has never received Christ as their Lord and Savior, they do die because what God is referring to as death is going to hell, which is separation from him eternally. And that's what he considers hell. I consider it hell too. We see, we can't even understand because right now on this earth, as long as there are believers on this earth, God's spirit is on this earth, and we can't even fathom how much that is holding back the forces of evil, how much good and favor that is bringing onto this world, my friends. It's, if only we had the eyes to see just how active the Lord is on our earth. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, whoo, a bunny trail. <laughs> but it's all good, right? The Lord has so much good stuff for us. So then Jesus tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, he's dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. That sounds really weird. And to me, it kind of sounds like Jesus just said he's glad he wasn't there so that they'll believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I'll tell you why, my friends. Do you know no one ever died in the presence of Jesus? Not a single. Read your Gospels. <laughs> I challenge you to read your Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and find one account of anybody dying in the presence of Jesus. It didn't happen. It can't happen. A matter of fact, when Jesus hung on the cross, that's why he had to die first. Because as long as he was there, the criminals crucified on his right and his left couldn't die either. He gave up his spirit. He commanded his spirit to leave. He left and then the other criminals died. Because Jesus is life himself, my friends. His life. See, we think that death overpowers life. No, my friend, life overpowers death. Life overcomes death just as Jesus overcame the grave. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So he's saying, I'm glad he wasn't there. Okay, I, just in case we get cut off because we're getting close to running out of time. I got to tell you, because Jesus is not statistic. Statistic. I almost said statistic. Okay, he's not just mean. I'll tell you why he was glad he wasn't there. Jesus knew if he was there, Lazarus couldn't die. You know why he wanted to let him die? So they would all get the revelation of Jesus raising him back from the grave. See, it seems like things are dark. Sometimes it seems like the Lord hasn't answered because we're praying a prayer that's too small. What is a greater miracle? To heal someone from being sick or to raise them from the grave? What's going to give you a greater sense of God's love for you? What's going to increase your hope and your faith? Then Thomas, who's called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. They were so sure the Jews were going to stone Jesus to death. Okay, that they're like, come on. I, I love it, my friends. We see times where the disciples were just so uh, enraptured uh, with the Lord. You know, you know what? Fine. If he's going to die, like we can't talk him out of going. If he's going to die, we're going to go with him. So it says, when Jesus came, I'm now in John 11, verse 17. When Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Jesus took his sweet time getting there. <laughs> okay. So Lazarus had been dead for four days. Say four days. Okay, so here's the thing. If for some reason they were confused and he wasn't dead when he went in the tomb, he's dead now. He hasn't had food or water for four days. Okay. He is good and dead. So he's been dead for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. My friends, here's where you're going to see. We're going to see progression. We're going to see that in Mary. We're going to see the power of simply sitting and resting in the Lord's love for us, right? It sounds uh, lazy, okay? Sometimes it sounds lazy. It sounds like really that's impractical. You're telling me to just sit around and join the Lord's love and you read your Bible and you feel so loved. And really, how is that practical? I said, we're about to see how resting in the Lord's love 
triggers off the greatest miracle while Jesus was walking on the face of the earth. Now, it says that Mary, as soon as she heard that Jesus was there, I mean, Martha, that she, she took off. I'm going to tell you, it's Martha's nature, as we've seen in Luke chapter 11, before when Jesus came to their home. This is the same uh, brother and two sisters where Jesus came to their home. And you know what? We should probably just go back there. And Martha was serving, 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 all the while Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, just listening to his word, listening to his word, like you're doing now, sitting at his feet, listening to his word. You know why, my friends? Mary had an understanding of who Jesus was, right? What Martha was doing was the normal thing. When someone comes to your home, you prepare a meal for them or you get them drinks or, or whatever. You know, when Jesus showed up, they stayed for a while, right? For a little bit. So she's, she's busy about getting people the things that they need. You know, maybe someone needs a Kleenex. Someone needs to know where the bathroom is. She's running around serving. But, but Mary realizes she's got this, this little revelation that this isn't someone I need to serve. This is someone that has something for me to receive from. This is someone for me to take from. And Mary actually put Jesus in his rightful place, right? When you see the Lord, do you, and, and, and my friends, this, this is the key to whether we as believers live in victory on this earth or we live in defeat. Do you see the Lord as someone you need to give to? Or do you see the Lord as someone you come and receive from? My friends, the Lord, he, we have nothing to give him. We put him in his proper place as almighty, as our God, as our creator. He's the father. We're the child. He's the savior. We're the ones that need saving. Amen. Every day we need saving from something. Sometimes it's just my own crazy thoughts. <laughs> okay. And Jesus wants to be your savior every single day from every single thing that you face. Just let him. He himself said he did not come to be served, but to serve. He came to serve us, my friends. And it's when we allow Jesus to serve us, it's when we come to him to receive from him, then we can become the kind of people that serve and give out to the world around us. But we have to be filled up by him first. And you know what, my friends? We are going to have to cut it off right there. I know it's so very difficult to do. Um, I just have so much that I want to share with you. I mean, it's just so easy to talk about the Lord's love, right? <laughs> we could just go on and on talking about how much he loves us. And we will do that some more when we get back together next time. And we will continue in this word. So thank you for being here uh, with me today and for listening, my friends. And I look forward to us joining together again around our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, next time. Okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.